listening to the Cock and Bull podcast where 52 times a year uh, I teach my older brother something that he has potentially not learned about before. Though who knows, I might be surprised. Uh, uh, Here's a thing that's surprising to know. We already have fucked up the 52 thing, so it's weird that you let it fat the way you did. No, 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 no. This week we're doing two. This week we're doing two. Oh, Christ. Oh, God. Okay, cool, cool. We're gonna do we're gonna do one big one right now, Nathan, and then right after this we're gonna do another mini one, and that'll go up uh, pre- probably like Thursday or Friday. Okay, all right, fun, fun. Because uh, I am a man of the people, and I will keep them happy. Mm-hmm. All fourteen of you. Uh, and we love those fourteen. All, people. no, no, you are the fourteen best people. You won't write a review, which makes me upset and sad on the inside. But goddamn it, I respect you. Oh, absolutely. I am disappointed, despite my love. Yeah. No, uh, this is this is. I mean, I I love you. But I am disappointed. Nathan, 200 years ago, on February 4th, 1818, okay, Joshua feel, Abraham... Can we focus on the fact that you've ne- no one ever says dates like that. It's, he was born in 1818. It's not back in the olden days. Who fuck, we don't know. What? What is hey, this? Hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying, we're like two days off from getting this guy's birthday exactly 200 years ago. I... I guess that's sort it's, of impressive. It's cause for eccentricity. Oh. 200 years ago, February 4th, 1818, Joshua Abraham Norton was born in Deptford, which is now part of modern London, supposedly. We're not really sure. His parents, John Norton and Sarah Norden, who were English <sighs> Jews who had alarmingly similar last names. Alarming. Like, maybe like they were related and they changed it at the last second so that no one questioned <laughs> them when they got married kind of a thing. He's just in the, he's he's in a records keeping office trying to get that name change. Nobody can know about this. Sarah yeah. had come from a line of great merchants, and John was a merchant himself. Wait, so. wait, wait, whoa, 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 okay. Sorry, this this is good. it's 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 continuing to be weirdly incestuous. It's continuing to be weirdly incestuous. More importantly, you said she came from a line of great merchants, and I'm wondering how, uh, where, which financial district I need to place her in to get the buff, uh, for my trade routes. Because mm. that's a Civilization Six thing. No one says that. No one says great merchants if you're not playing the fucking game Civilization Six. Like, it just doesn't happen. Now, in the year 1820, the British were sending numerous settlers to South Africa. In Again, another thing from Civ. Why? Stop. They didn't do that. The British were sending numerous settlers to Africa in an effort to colonize. Colonize, that is... A place where indigenous people already lived and had been living for thousands of years. I mean, that that is exactly what colonize means. We colonize colonize has a has a fun subtext of someone was already there. You never colonized somewhere and it was just like, and hey, no one was here and it was cool. That's never that's never part of colonization. In 1846, nearing 30 years old, uh, this Norton lost his mother, Sarah, and in 1848 he lost his father John as well. So that same year. Norton knew it was time for a change, so he sailed west, crossing the Pacific, and arriving in San Francisco on November of 1849. Wait, whoa, hold on, huh? Hold on, huh? Sailed yeah, west from lost where? His... From South Africa. Oh, okay, uh, I'm not... okay, cool. Sorry, took me a hot sec there, because I was like, the fuck? Wait, huh? Even that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. If you go west, I've seen, huh? Is that how that works? He, mu- Is that he must have been on the western coast. Yeah, you crossed the Pacific, I guess. Going west. Correct. No, wait, west. Oh, no, 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 no. My if bad. If you go west from Must the bottom of that. Africa, you're going to hit America, but you're going to hit it on the the New York-y Florida side, not the San Francisco side. 
Hmm. My bad. That must have been east then, because he definitely did cross. Okay. All right. No, my bad. No, my no, bad. no. That may be that may be the fucking Mercator projection, fucking Eurocentrism, making it look like Europe and America are bigger than they are. And, and fucking up the map orientation. <laughs> that very well could be it. And if that's the case, people, leave a comment about it. At this point, I'll take anything. Please, God, let me know you're there. <laughs> so he sailed east, crossing the Pacific, and arriving in San Francisco around November of 1849. Now, that's uh, about a little more or a little less than a year at sea, which, which like, I assume sounds cool at first, and then that probably gets, like, really old after the third or fourth time you wake up and say, hey, I'm still on a boat. Yeah, no, the concept of, the, no, a year at sea, uh, uh, no, a year, at, no, 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 absolutely not. No. Life at sea, it, it's, it's like being old in Florida. Like, you're disabled, and you're stuck at home, and also there are hurricanes and, like, giant waves coming for you every oh, other day. Okay, I was waiting for it. But th- now, the difference between there and Florida, very little scurvy in, in the, the Sunshine State. Very little scurvy going True. on in the, the, the orange there, capital of America. Mm-hmm. There, there is a large surplus of or- orange, oranges. So, on the, a... on the Venn diagram of Florida and year at sea... The, the, the part that's sticking out for Florida, oranges. Part that's sticking out for year at sea is weird butt stuff. Because I have a feeling that probably happened too. And if that, there's probably less of that for old people in Florida. So those are your two ends of the, the Venn diagram. I don't know if you've been to Orlando. It's potentially, you know, no harm, no foul. The gayest city I've ever been to. Okay. All right. Good, for, good on you, Orlando. Mm. <clears throat> Now, Norton supposedly inherited $40,000 from his father, and some accounts say that he didn't have quite that much money, and perhaps they're right, but when Norton arrived in San Francisco, he enjoyed the enormous financial success that many people did during the gold rush. Many, but not all, mind you, because the gold rush wasn't as kind to the other 300,000 people that came pouring into California in 1849. Yeah, it kind of seems like if the gold, like, I feel like this is, it's, it's like the Bitcoin of, of the 1800s. Like, yeah, a couple people got Lambos, but a lot of people just got probably cholera. And, and yeah. that's, that's not good. Dysentery. A lot gonorrhea. of old-timey prospectors with a lot of old-timey runs just dying with poop in their butts. Norton supposedly made his fortune in real estate. Well, that and imports, because that's the, the reason the gold rush fucked so many people was... It was because the state was so goddamn far westward that people showed up and then had no farms and anything to buy. So the smart people made their money by investing in the import game, bringing stuff in from the other states, and then jacking up the price because, hey, who else is going to sell you pants? So so basically the same theory that the gas station uses to sell me a two-pack of Advil for seven forty nine. Exactly the same mindset. I paid like five bucks for a roll of duct tape. I can get that a dollar up the road, but it was snowy and I was afraid. <laughs> so that I let them, I let them corner me. So, so my curiosity is, is what, what, what was the? Again, we'll go back to our Venn diagram. What was the situation that involved? It was snowy. You had to have duct tape, and the gas station was the only place you could get it. What is that? What well, is that? What fits that criteria? Let me line up the variables. Okay. Gas station yep. is a. About a quarter of a mile from where I park my car. Understandable. Um, the snow is relatively irrelevant, other than I didn't want to crash my car. But the need for duct tape uh, was because I, uh, well, I bought a VR headset, and I needed something to hold the cables up on my walls. And duct tape. 
was the route you went? Uh, what would you suggest? Staples? Electrical tape? Uh, uh, so Look, I... We could debate which tape is we, superior all day, but the bottom line is there is not an adhesive that enjoys sticking to whatever cursed fluid painted the walls of my apartment. Probably lead. Most likely lead. So, by 1853, Norton's worth a whopping $250,000. Now, for perspective, that is way beyond $6 million today, which I say because my favorite currency calculator only goes back to, like, the 1910s for inflation, so to tack on another, like, 60 whole years of inflation, and you'll get a more accurate number. So by the same year, Norton had watched as an unexpected rice shortage hit the city because China stopped exporting it to us. So Norton sunk literally as much money as he possibly could into buying out the local sellers trying to corner the market. So that was all good until overnight, two enormous barges of rice unexpectedly came rolling through the Golden Gate. (laughs) So you bought all the rice trying to be like the rice baron of San Francisco, and instead Uh you're just the weird guy with the like hoarder level of rice. Yeah, he became rice emperor. Is this the story of Rice-A-Roni, a a San Francisco treat? (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to rule out the possibility, but I'm just going to say you're going to be equally pleased. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Uh, So the price of rice plummeted to like three cents a pound, and Norton had wasted every dollar he had on this investment. Now, take that kind of failure and compound it with the fact that he tried to sue the guy he did this investment through, and... He lost the lawsuit, so he not only did he lose his remaining cash, but he also lost all of the property that he had in the real estate business. So his bankruptcy was almost like a recreation of everyone's losing turn in Monopoly. Oh my god. Yeah, except in Monopoly, you don't lose all your money by going all in on rice. You bought some (laughs) hotels at an ill-advised time, but you didn't buy, like, I want all of the little thimbles, damn it. All of them. Like, also, why like rice? Like why situation. is that the thing? What is your... You're going to corner the rice market. Is that the only... I've been to San Francisco. There's more stuff than rice. Like, you can just get other food. Like, this is not the potato you... famine in Ireland. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> the rice was not coming anymore. He needed to capitalize on the rice. But I he did, hit, but he like, thought he had point, all like, of the rice. Like, if a dude is sitting here and he's like, I'm charging you $35 for rice, I'll be like... I'll go eat quinoa. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's not a bad point. I don't know why he thought that rice was like a necessity for everyday life. I mean, was it? Am I just mid-fasting? Like, when I think of old t- ye old prospector, like the 49ers going across, <laughs> the one thing that doesn't come to mind is, like, them sitting down in the Japanese style and having some delightful <laughs> rice dishes. Like, I don't think of them being a big sushi foe. Like, what the, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, my tarnations, this wasabi is not up to par. I don't, I just don't, yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, I get that rice-a-roni is the San Francisco treat, which to me indicates that San Franciscans are fond of their rice, but it, I, I, it's, I just don't think it's a staple of the American diet. They have to have better options. Now, for the next six years, Norton faded into poverty and obscurity. But in 1857, he made a couple appearances. And those who knew him formerly, though, said that he had become 
someone quite different. Now, in 1859, that made itself apparent when Norton appeared in the office of the San Francisco Bulletin with written decrees for whichever editors he could find. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. So you say the San Francisco Bulletin, which makes me think of like a, 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 a newspaper room, like, yeah, with news even, yes. yeah. And then you say he had decrees, which makes me think he came in with like a squire and a fucking scroll and a proclamation. Like, he had some, some crying to do. Oh, strap in. Oh, Ugh. He was dressed in full military regalia. Well, there as you well go. As, as well as a large top hat with many feathers attached to it. Oh, also, yes, baby. He had also grown a, a very full beard. Why wouldn't he? he really, he's fucking vermin supreme at this point. Yes. This man has... <laughs> that is, yes. Oh, hang on to that comparison. Please hold it close to your chest for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Norton made his rounds to more newspapers, but it was the editor of the Bulletin that decided to humor him. The following edict was published in the San Francisco Bulletin on September 17, 1859. Quote, At the preemptory request and desire of a large majority of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, declare and proclaim myself emperor of these United States what? and direct the representatives of the different states of the union to assemble in musical hall then and there to make such alterations in the existing laws of the union as may ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity signed Norton the first emperor of the United States. Okay. All right. So Okay. I mean, it's... Here's the problem. Like, I want to say that this is crazy and that this probably does There's definitely, like, in San Francisco right now, four dudes with that decree, like, scrawled. <laughs> it's just not... It's not unique anymore. Like, we get it. But, like, so this was OG. Like, I... I wasn't aware that's how emperorsdom happened. Like, you did, I thought you had to, like, there was lineage and divine rights and, or you Napoleon did, but I wasn't aware you could just show up and go, like, no, guys, seriously, I'm emperor. Like, that's a, well, that's it's funny a new you, tactic. It's funny you mention that because Napoleon actually just, he strolled into Paris and he was like, sup, fuckers, I'm emperor now. Yeah, I mean Caesar kind of did it, but the the, the big the big unifying factor between all these people that uh, just supposedly strolled in and said they were boss now they had massive armies ready to murder everybody behind them. And I don't know if our uh, our delightful top hat man, uh, <laughs> unless his army of you know sentient birds is ready at his whim, like he's he's gone full man of the trees or something. This is this is not going to end well for him. Well, with his rice golem in tow, he's, he's <laughs> bound to conquer. Oh, just man, a, a just terracotta imagine, army just made imagine, of rice. I'm just imagining like the guy from Big Hero 6, but he's just made of rice. This is that guy following him around. Oh, now, Norton had never shown signs of mental illness, either during his career or before. This decree, oh. however, was oh. extremely sincere. Okay, so... The, the, the phrase he's never shown signs of mental illness before this should be really how that's structured. Because he's absolutely shown signs. It's the top hat with the many feathers and the full military uniform and the decree. <laughs> that's the sign. Holy God. The new, the new sovereign emperor of the U.S. saw a large amount of recognition in his own city. Because it's San Francisco and nobody has anything better to do. When he passed by on the street still wearing that outfit, people would sometimes bow to him. The city directory 
even changed his occupation title to emperor as like a tongue-in-cheek kind of joke. He's just like the town, like the town drunk. Like, yeah, we humor him. He's our, he's our town crazy person. Everyone has. This Pretty guy, much. If this guy would have done this in Austin, like five years ago, this would have been great. Like he was just born in the wrong time. <laughs> Pretty soon, the story started getting picked up by all the other papers and his antics would just get published on the daily. So by the next month, Emperor Norton made another declaration. Quote, Fraud and corruption prevent a fair and proper expression of the public voice, in consequence of which, we do hereby abolish Congress. Okay, cool! You know what's bad, though? Here's, so here's a, here's a fun game that we could play with this game, with this podcast. <laughs> okay. uh, we, could, we could write up his decrees in 140 characters or less and just run them up against Trump tweets, and I guarantee you there's going to be more overlap than we're comfortable with. <laughs> Emperor says, no more Congress. Yeah. Corruption, the deep state, uh, mainstream media, we're abolishing Congress. Get rid of Congress now. No Congress. Who is that? Is that the crazy guy screaming on the street corner in 1890? Or is that the president of the fucking United States? I don't know. Life sucks. He argued that the Republican and Democratic parties should both be abolished, since their divisiveness has driven a wedge into the productivity of the country. Well, now, fuck! Nathan, now it feels like Ron Paul! I feel like every- I feel like you have, like, 85% good thing- Yes, all of that is accurate, sir, but you're also, like, peeing on a statue right now while you give this decree, your pants are down, and you have four new feathers in your hat this week! Where did those come from? <laughs> When Norton learned that Congress was still meeting, he ordered U.S. General Winfield Scott to march on Washington and clear the halls of Congress. <laughs> Damn it! I just love the sincerity with which he's, he believes it. Like, he's indignant that they didn't disband when he wrote that letter. What kind of world do you live in where you have that power? I love it. I said no! <laughs> No he Congress! Is, he is the secreting so hard. Like, he is positive. He has just showed up. He is the epitome <laughs> of that, 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 that theory of just be confident. Whatever you say, just be confident in it, damn it. And that's how you do it. And that is what this man is doing. On top of that, he declared that the governor of Virginia should be hanged for allowing the hanging of an abolitionist. God damn it! I agree with, like, 90% of what this guy is about. I don't know what to feel anymore. <laughs> Now, according to one biographer that I read from, uh, these decrees of his were published across several San Francisco newspapers at a time. And in fact, some of them supposedly started making up their own decrees and would slap his name on them to keep them sensationalized. Oh, no. Now, this is... He's the Zodiac Killer of wacky decrees. <laughs> God damn it. And that was in San Francisco, too. God damn it, San Francisco. Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> it's a Petri dish of just irrational reality this is one argument um for how his title quote protector of mexico got added onto his name but i have sources with the history channel and san francisco chronicle that allege that norton had complete control of his delusional honorifics and he got that himself (laughs) and i will why not protect and i will tell you how protector of mexico i will tell you how when the civil war first threatened to tear the country apart our sweet emperor decided that we had our chance but uh n- no more now it was time to dissolve the union altogether and reformat as a monarchy with him at the throne 
Well, well, no, hold on, hold on. I don't. Are, is it a monarchy? Because he wants to be emperor. So wouldn't we be reforming as, a, as an empire? Nathan, are you uh, confused that the emperor of America did not uh, get his terminology? The problem right? here is, is that I'm, the more you talk about him, I'm convinced that he's actually very lucid, and we're all the crazy ones because everything he's saying is true. So I'm on board with my homie here. Again, keep that one close to your chest. You will be pleasantly surprised. Um, he was our 34th president, <laughs> Benjamin Harrison. <laughs> I don't know. That's definitely not. Benjamin Harrison is definitely not the 34th president. That was definitely a not. A... That's a bad poll. I'm sorry, team. Oh. Meanwhile, when France began its invasion of Mexico during the Pastry War. Callback. Oh, callback. Where's Santa? So this guy and Santa Ana's one-legged ass are running around concurrently, is what you're telling me. Uh-huh. Yes! Uh-huh. Oh, God, I want to live in this cinematic universe. Now, Norton did not like that. In the spirit of not really helping, since he didn't have an army, uh, Norton just decided to call himself the protector of Mexico to, you know, hashtag show his support. I was about to say he changed his Facebook profile to a picture of Mexico <laughs> with a heart on it. And just, thoughts and prayers, Mexico, got you! <laughs> Meanwhile... Back at home, Norton's reputation was only getting better and better. He was, by this point, San Francisco's mascot, basically. Oh my god, yes! Why did we get away from that? Why do we not have mascots for cities anymore? Oh my god, well, it's, yes. It's, like, because you say that, who who is San Francisco's mascot right now? Uh, is it like... Is it the governor? No, 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 no. What, L. Ron Hubbard? Like, no, no, God, why? No, d- stop hating on. Why do you dislike San Francisco so much? It's a delightful town. No, uh, San Francisco. Is it just a rice ball? I, I mean, it might be Greg Proops, but he kind of went fully insane um, after the election, so that may not be it. I don't know. Patton lived out there for a while. Basically, every good comedian lived out there for a while. Dave's basically from San Francisco. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll concede. I'll concede. Right. I'm about to say they're they're a decent they're a decent if eccentric folk. I don't know. Is the rice aroni guy their mascot? Who knows these days? Full House. <laughs> Uncle is, Ben. Full House is on its way back. No, not Uncle Ben. No, that's that that whole rice brand feels feels very racist to me. I, I won't eat that rice. It doesn't feel good. I, that feels exploitative, and I don't. It's the same reason I won't use Aunt Jemima for my syrup. It feels. I I'm, was gonna ask. I was gonna no, ask for that hot take. Not, no, I I like I, I don't like my syrup to have weird. I don't you zippity doodah vibes to it. <laughs> he and his outfit became something of a merchandising opportunity in San Francisco, and souvenirs started going around. You know, in his honor, photos, drawings. There were dolls shaped oh, wait, after you him. Said his outfit became merchandising. Were all the kids dressing up as like crazy yes! Emperor Joe for Halloween? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Even local business owners started to give him, like, little luxuries. Like, every opening night of a play would have one seat reserved for him. And restaurants would have spots set aside for him as well. Which, when I phrase it like that, makes it sound like they would, like, you know, have a table for him by the dumpster where he could lady and tramp it up with a raccoon. But no! I just imagine every night the chef puts a, a plate out. It's like the bat signal. It's just like they're like, he'll come. You know, he doesn't always come, but damn it, we know. If he's here, he's ready. We've got his food. He's crazy, crazy Uncle Joe is what's keeping us together. We got to keep this together. He just put some soggy bread on a plate at the back door. He's like, Emperor Norton's going to come by tonight. I know it, kids. Damn. 
dude. Quick, snap a photo. It's just like Bigfoot like, running down the alley. Is encrypted now? Jesus. He's, he's, he's a prominent figure. Ferries and local trains would also let him ride for free as well. Oh my god. He has like the cachet of the town dog that everyone loves. Like, how the okay. fuck has he pulled this off? Spe- speaking of which, I need to mention, because I don't know if I mentioned it early enough. Um, this is the exact same time period that Bummer and Lazarus are running around oh L.A. So you know the two the two stray dogs oh, that were like, I know. famous. Bummer and Lazarus. We again for those that don't know. Bummer and Lazarus. If you haven't, go go just type Bummer Lazarus dollop into Google. Go listen to the episode. It's amazing. But at how like so so Bummer and Lazarus are the feel good Milo Nota story. Four hours south. Four or five hours north, it's a goddamn lunatic with his decrees and his protectorate of Mexico. Oh, man. I, And I'm not kidding when I say this. He genuinely did pal around with those two dogs. He would walk around with them. Fuck off. Fuck off. I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Oh, my God. God, why? You know what? I honestly. So there was a lady in the tramp situation going on, but it was like a three-way noodle kebab. If you can figure that no, out, no, just, I they were munching on, and he was just coming in the middle oh, and slurping it up, and God. it was a real rascally situation. So, at the, so, so to be clear, is he like home? So he lost all his money, and so he yes. just went full homeless crazy. And yeah, we figure out where he was living by the end of the story. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. It's get, not. It's not. A, it's not a crazy twist. But he wasn't. He acted like he was homeless, but he was not homeless. Okay. Okay. I shouldn't say acted. He behaved like he was homeless. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. You say that, but I mean, of the of the, you know, political philosophy he's spouting. So far, he sounds much more lucid than many of the homeless people who have been yelling at me about. I, I don't know chemtrails <laughs> and and other such things. So, so he's getting treated like an emperor around L.A. You know, he gets he gets free seats at restaurants, free food, all that kind of shit. Is that so the benefit being... of being emperor? Really? Yeah, you that's, get free you get free that, food and free train rides. That's, that's, the that's the it. Perks of being, that is the only reason Donald Trump wanted to be president. He thought the only thing you got was like free free Dunkin' and you know he could get a pizza. He got a free cheese pizza. Tim Curry would deliver it to him. That's it. That's he what went he to. I'll tell you what it was, is he went to this dumpy-ass Papa John's in New York, you know, and they and they had a seat that he wanted to sit in, and they were like, I'm sorry, sir, that's the president's seat. And then he just fucking bitterly stared off out the window, and he said, someday. Oh, God. That just, that, I, I just love that that is, mine. I just love that, that emperor, being treated like an emperor and being treated like a, a, a local celebrity are basically the same thing to this guy, but that's fine. <laughs> Norton being absolutely poor was probably really happy to receive these handouts. Um, and despite his, his many titles and honors, though, um, he was legitimately dirt poor. You say that! Can you be poor? Like, the whole concept of rich and poor. If I have money, it means I can go get things I want. That man walks in and gets the things he wants. I don't give a shit if you don't have paper currency. The man has money. The man has cachet. Like you, I don't, Fair. I don't, under, he's broken my concept of what the capitalist system is anymore. I don't get it. <laughs> That's a fair point. But, um, citizens of LA, you know, like, I guess visibly recognizing. Because you have been getting loosey goosey oh, and they are very fuck. different. Oh, fuck. My bad. My bad. It is San Francisco. I Thank just, you. I botched my notes keep there. Yourself, Let me keep just... yourself well north. <laughs> <sighs> San Francisco 
citizens, uh, I guess recognizing that he was visibly poor, started just giving him cash <laughs> donations. <laughs> How do you be visible? Under the guise, under the guise of, quote, paying taxes to their emperor. So they're You've like, sir, you have got here... He wrote your taxes, and he would take their money and say, thank you, kind denizen, and he but would march what? off. No, this delusion has to break down somewhere, because, okay, fine, you can play this game, but then if he, does he, if he legitimately believes he's emperor, does that mean he's going back to his squirrel, who's the treasury secretary, and going, ooh, the coffers runneth over, we should rearrange the budget. Come, come, Mr. Tumnus, let's go. Like, how, where does this stop? You don't pay taxes to the emperor, and then he uses that to buy, like, takeout Chinese food. That's not how taxes work. When his emperor's uniform would become visibly dirty, officers and soldiers would bring him a freshly washed replacement uniform. Oh my which I think God. is so sweet. Oh it's, like, heartwarming. That, it's, no, it's, it's insanity. The guy doesn't have, he doesn't do laundry. He just has new clothes brought to him. That's the kind of behavior that insane rich people have. I am convinced that this guy just figured out, I don't have to spend money to be rich. I found, I found the grift. Norton just kind of like wandered around the city all day, every day. He would go check up on local construction projects to see if they were on schedule. Uh, he would clean up litter. And he would even stop to chat with his citizens. I'm sorry, this guy is the best leader of any any civilization that I've ever seen in my life. Are you kidding me? He is involved, <laughs> he is on the streets, he is picking, he is cleaning up the town, he's making sure that money's being spent wisely. I, I, I and, elect this man. And that is all he was doing. I'm serious. Every waking hour when he wasn't living where he was living, he would just get up and go walk around town Sometimes with Bummer and Lazarus because they were homeless friends. He is a more dedicated public servant as a non-entity. He is just a homeless dude and he is doing more for his community than any elected official has for any other community ever. And to deal with that whole um, not a lot of cash thing, Norton made up his own currency. Oh, a of brand of he coin did. marked with his royal seal. Oh, it was... It was accepted by theaters, ferries, trains, restaurants, all sorts of places accepted his money as sort of an IOU that they never expected him to pay off. I mean, Because he him... was a lovable scamp. Oh. I, when, god damn, I, see, this is it. We always talk about, you know, progress is important and it's a better time and I couldn't live back then. No. If the, the, the concept that there was a time in society where just being wildly eccentric was enough for you to subsist as a human being. I, no, I, I'm not. I'm convinced. I, I take me there. Take me there now. <laughs> I truly was born in the wrong generation. I, I will give it all up. I will give it all up. Let me go be crazy and talk to the squirrels and hang out with homeless dogs and observe construction progress projects and just just do that. Oh my god. Now, though he had clearly lost his mind, he had not lost the core personality traits. Um, he was still very intelligent, people would say. He was able to hold accurate conversations about current affairs for, you know, some time. Well, you have to um, if you're emperor. How else? I mean, you got to be aware of what's going on. Come on now. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can rely on your advisors sometimes, but you got to be a knowledgeable guy. Yeah, you got to be all Tom, kinds of Mr. things. Mr. Tumnus gets real, real shifty if you put, like, walnuts <laughs> in the room. you gotta, you got to be able to work for yourself. Look at George Bush, the second one. You can't just – you have a bunch of Rumsfelds and Cheneys around. Things get out of control. you got to have that strong hand on the tiller. 
And that's what our, our good emperor is. He was extremely kind with children uh, and was a generally good-hearted man. The only instance of him getting violent was after a cartoonist drew a picture of him scavenging for scrap food with Bummer and Lazarus. Uh, and Norton apparently smashed the window of the shop he saw the picture in with his walking stick and screamed that it defaced his honor. I mean, libel's a thing! He's not, he doesn't have to bum for scraps. He gets free food places! That is just, he's, the man is just defending his honor. It's straight up libel. He had, he had a right to defend himself. I'm surprised he didn't go in there with a, a glove and slap the man and demand satisfaction. <laughs> But I, he did it his own way, and that's why he's our emperor. I love him. I love him. Now, unrelated to this window-smashing incident, um, outrage swept through the city when an officer new to the San Francisco police force arrested oh, Norton no. on the charges of vagrancy. Oh, no. You, f- you didn't know that he's the lovable hobo, good sir. <laughs> you have done fucked up. While he tried having him committed into a mental hospital, the community was so outspoken that the department kind of had to let him go. I mean, the um, depressing part is, is that one cop is the only sane person in this town at this point. Like, he's the one, <laughs> he just walks in and goes, what the fuck is wrong with you people? This guy is insane and you're just letting him wander the street. Get him help, for Christ's sake. <laughs> to quote one local paper, quote, since he has worn the imperial purple, he has shed no blood, robbed nobody, and despoiled the country of no one, which is more than can be said for his fellows in that lineage. There you go! That's what I'm saying! From then on, cops would salute the emperor as he passed you by. You have got to be kidding me. And, geez, and there is a fine line between him pretend being in power and him actually having the longest con of a coup I've ever seen in my life. And I think Norton we're getting Ka- dangerously close <laughs> to him just assuming assuming control of the city government <laughs> through just wacky antics. Norton kept up his decrees as well. He suggested that anyone who called the city just Frisco should be fined $25. I mean, in his defense, yeah, that's kind of a dick move. Um, also, $25 is nearly a four-figure fine today. <laughs> As well, it should be Frisco. That's not you're not saving anyone any time. You're not helping anybody. The only time I say the word Frisco is right immediately preceding the word melt, and it's only like once a year at a steak and shake. That's it. That's the only time it's acceptable. It's otherwise. I agree. Levy the fines. Bring the hammer down. Words matter. In the 1870s, he also proposed that a bridge be built from uh, Frisco to Oakland. You've Over the bay. Kidding. You've got to be kidding me. I Okay. Before before you make any conclusions, I'm not talking about the Golden Gate. Well, yeah, I don't There's think a, the, the Golden Gate Bridge okay. goes from Oakland to San Francisco, does it? No, it doesn't. Golden, but doesn't he Golden did Gate propose... From Oakland to, like, Marin County? Uh, I, I'm not even going to pretend. I know. <laughs> I'm right, not cool. even going to pretend. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that one goes to where all the rich folk go, and then they did not build the fancy ones to get to Oakland because, you know, racism. <laughs> Um, though not because of his request, I assume, such a bridge was eventually built, uh, you know, several, several years later. Um, I believe it's just called the, the San Francisco Bay Bridge, I think uh, is what that, it's called. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, uh, future California listeners, when we become 
a smash yes. sensation when this, nationwide. When this Feel free to tweet at me. Yes, San Francisco, Oakland Bay Bridge. That makes sense. Definitely not Golden Gatey, but there's still a very nice looking bridge, actually. It's still a solid bridge. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it was one of his. It was on one of his um, daily patrols around the city on January eighth, eighteen eighty, that the emperor had a stroke and died. Oh, what? that was too. Su- I was looking at bridges. You can't bring that on that way. No. He died immediately, um, and oh, tens of thousands showed up for his funeral. Well, yeah. I'm gonna pour one out. Papers sent heartwarming tributes declaring that the throne in San Francisco was empty and would never be filled by a more worthy soul. When his body had to be relocated to a new cemetery in the 1930s, uh, businesses closed for the funeral procession to pay honor to the emperor. Even 54 years after his death, the procession lowered flags and drew a crowd of 60,000 people. I, I, I... Full military honors. Just like Santa Ana's leg. Uh, and honestly, infinitely... One of these people I know and has a mildly good <laughs> reputation in history that he deserves none of. This man gets no notoriety, <laughs> and I want to erect monuments to him. <laughs> when his home was investigated, he was found to be living in a very small apartment, like a one-room apartment, with hardly... Any possessions spare for a chessboard? Because he was a he was using the taxpayer money wisely. Especially, no cash was found in his home. He was essentially penniless when he died. Um, That being said, his renters explained that he had been paying fifty cent rent every night before he went to bed. (laughs) Just what little cash he had left. From his his literal millions of dollars of fortune in modern equivalency, he had just been paying a little bit of that rice money every night to afford to live Are in this one sure? room apartment. Are we sure, when they said fifty cents, that they didn't mean like fifty pieces of rice. <laughs> it might have been. Did they uh, ever explain uh, where the rice went? Did he? Is this like the, the no, Jackson's cheese not. where they went into his apartment and his apartment was he was just sleeping on furniture made of rice? The chessboard is made of rice. <laughs> Everything is rice. Rice all the way down. A, a rice wife shaped <laughs> to the to the male ideals. Oh god, just like a rice waifu body pillow. Just uh, uh. actually, his landlord was made of rice. The walls were <laughs> no. rice. Oh my god, the whole thing's rice in and out. Oh god, no, no, no. The the detectives like, god damn it, the whole thing's rice. Falls. It's like a Shutter Island thing. He's going insane. <laughs> it's been rice from the beginning. It's just that one cop, but it's just that one new cop too. Who doesn't everyone's just like talking to the rice golems, like mm-hmm, yes, absolutely. And he's just over in the corner having a goddamn stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Today there remains a petition uh, and a committee to rename the San Francisco Bay Bridge to the Emperor Norton Bridge. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do it. Absolutely. Every bit of clout. All fifteen of you. Go sign that petition. Now. On the 4th of February, like just two days ago from when we're recording this, San Francisco celebrated Norton's 200th birthday. As well they should. I was being dismissive of the 200th thing earlier in this episode. I am 100% on board now. I have gone full 180. This man, everything. All the things. 
Nathan, I want to make a, this being the, of course, this is the end here, but, um, I want to say, uh, since he is apparently, judging by my notes, no longer the mascot of San Francisco, I declare that Emperor Norton is absolutely the mascot of this podcast. Absolutely, yes, bring him on. More importantly, what, Golden State, Golden State, you are playing your basketball in San Francisco. Your mascot, as far as I know, is a bridge at this point. Why? No. Now. Make it happen. You could find four guys on the street to be... You could have a rotating cast of guys already dressed up like this guy. Make him your mascot. I want him just, just like, peeing on the basket while Steph's draining buckets from half court. I want that, San Francisco. Make that happen. No... No more Greg the Golden Gate or Earl the Earthquake. It is it exactly. is Emperor Norton. I, I I have done no re- I have done no googling. I'm gonna Google right now what fucking Golden State's mascot. Golden State Warriors. Uh, their name is the Warriors. Okay, so they probably have some sort of warrior based mascot. Now that I say it out loud, uh, Emperor but, Norton but, wore a military uniform. What's their fucking excuse? Thank you, Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors mascot's name is Thunder. Fuck you. That's the name of another goddamn basketball team. That's not even good. That's not even close. Emperor goddamn Norton. He's in full military regalia. He's got five feathers coming out of his goddamn hat. He has a squirrel on his shoulder. Boomer and Lazarus are following him around at halftime for stunts. Make it happen. (laughs) Also, also, San Fran, if it it helps, I know you're a, a bunch of PC liberal hippies. He was a feminist in the 1850s. The man had some Ill, and some very very good ideals. The, he is a he is a modern he is an example. I mean, he had he was saying stuff in the 1800s that rings true today. He was a true scholar. He was a hero for our time. I would dig up his corpse and put it in office right now if I had the option. Dissolve the wage gap. Dissolve slavery. Dissolve Congress. Dissolve I'm just saying. everything. Just burn it all down. <laughs> dissolve we'll it. Empire. Protect Mexico. We want to build a wall. He wants to bring him on board. Come on. Oh. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for uh, potentially my favorite character on this podcast. Oh, my God. Um, well, oh, thank you. By the way, thank you because it's been a, it's been a, I, I think the right word is a cavalcade of shitheads that you've made me sit here and listen to for a while now. And it's gone down some dark holes. Thank you for restoring my faith in humanity slightly. God damn it. Thank oh. you. I want to thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, uh, The Red Buffalo on the Ark, Driftless off the Pony album Club. Cholera. This needs to be, the, the, write a song, this man has an epic poem about him somewhere, be the man that, don't let the Decemberists get to this one. Don't let those Concept goddamn babies get, get on you it. You can get there first. Concept album, let's make it yes. happen. Yes, yes. <sighs> All right. Uh, on top of that, I want to thank, uh, all six of our listeners. Oh, God, where did the other have... end go? Holy cow, did we murder? Oh, no, come back, guys. This was a fun it one. Was a su- it was a very sudden drop-off. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to research what happened, what was the variable there. Oh, uh, they were probably I do all not, six however, in want to San thank Francisco, you and they were just furious with us. For continuing to not leave a review. Shame on all of you. Shame! Shame on you. All right, uh, we'll catch you guys, uh, in approximately a day and a half. Stay tuned.